What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. It's been a while. Uh, I've I've had a few things happen. Uh, I've well, my wife had a little girl, <laughs> but we we had a baby. Um, my second child. It's it's been an experience to say the least, and uh, you know it's been very humbling. And my focus has been, you know, a lot on my uh, on my family and. I kind of wanted, now that she's a little bit older, she's a month old, and I kind of wanted to shift, uh, you know, a few of my little focuses back over to the podcast and uh, and to the paintball world. So thank you, everybody, so much for your patience. And, yeah, we're we're back in it. We're back here. So um, a little sip of the coffee. Ah, a nice dark coffee with some honey. Give a little sweetness to it. It's delish. But anyway... This podcast in particular is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. I'm sure you guys have heard me uh, talk about Mike and Charm City on here plenty of times, but you guys have to, if you haven't already, make sure you check him out, Facebook and Instagram. He makes headgear that is top-notch, high-quality, amazing stuff. Uh, I have a few pieces myself. He's made some pack bands for me. Uh, there, There are a plethora of pros out there that are wearing his stuff as we speak uh, but make sure you check him out mike at charm city paint well it's not that's not his tag but it's charm city paintball his name's mike uh but he's great guy great great products uh amazing stuff if you guys are into uh, the designer fabrics and everything he has a line out right now uh a bunch of headbands that have it along with head wraps and he's into uh all the custom stuff that you guys can think of too um he will work with you on prices. He will work with you on designs. But make sure you check him out, Charm City Paintball, on Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, and make sure to let him know that Carl from the Playing On Podcast sent you over there. So thank you, Mike. Um, this, this episode is also brought to you by the Patreon page for the podcast itself. It is patreon.com slash the playing on podcast. You can go over there and you can help uh, help me maintain this podcast. It is a, it is a simple subscription based program where you make a donation to uh, to help me keep this going. Now that uh, now that I'm back at it again. So if you guys are interested in that at all, please head over Patreon.com/slash the playing on podcast and help out help out a little bit help help a brother out. So. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this this podcast is with Kevin Kelly Rudolph. Uh, you have seen him before on Infamous. If you go back far enough, you he has made an appearance on Excessive. He came from the DC Devastation Camp over in uh, on the East Coast, where a plethora, I believe, J Rab is from there, and um, I mean, Rusty's from that side of town. John Richardson. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, and. He had some of the biggest names in paintball as mentors and and coaches and guides over that that whole team and it was a uh, it was really cool to see because I remember the I remember those kids coming up and I remember Jay Rabin and Callie coming up and playing for excessive and we talked about you know playing in that 05 World Cup and everything and and uh, it, it was cool it's cool to see other people's perspective too of, of a situation that you were involved in and an event or you know particular point in your life 
it, it's, it's cool to see. But, um, but yeah, we talked about a bunch of stuff. I had a great time uh, talking to Callie. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. So, uh, without further ado, here is the podcast with Callie Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I looked at some of the some of the podcasts that you know you've done before, and I was, you know, it's it is interesting because it's like you said, you know, we know each other, but it's not like we have time to always dive into like you know deeper conversations and just really, you know, get to know each other like on a level outside of paintball because you know we see each other all the time. But, yeah, um, it's definitely one of those things where you know everybody everybody meets to play paintball and then goes off and does their own real world stuff. So, yeah, I mean, even, even on a, uh, on a teammate basis, I mean, right. even the teammates that you see, you, you think, you know, but I feel like you still really don't know those guys. I mean, obviously there's teams that spend more time with all the players, uh, on, on their team, but it's, it's still, it's so like, I mean, you think in any other sport, I mean, they're with those guys 24 seven you know, right. practically practicing during the week and, and then playing games, uh, during the week or weekend or whatever. And we're just like, you know, two weekends before the event and then the event. And then that's only for like a three or four day span. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and, and however many years you're with that team and yeah, people come and go. And, um, you know, I've, I've been playing on teams that are pretty spread out, you know, for the majority of my paintball career so yeah you know it's like uh we don't really necessarily have like a home home base where we could just meet up on a random weekend and see each other you know you know i've had a the closest i've had to having a home uh home field with like with the actual team was when you know me and a bunch of guys came to arkansas to work for um key action sports and there was you know five of us here Mm-hmm. So, uh, four of us technically. So that's pretty much the closest I've ha- I've had to having like, you know, a home base with my with my pro team. Yeah. Obviously, when you start playing divisional, you know, you you pretty much have to be <laughs> local with your guys. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's it is pretty tough. Yeah, I always wonder what it was like to just kind of wake up and and drive anywhere between you know a half hour to an hour and a half even, and have all yeah. of your guys there. It's, I'm turn uh, that off. <laughs> it was uh, like blue light on my face. Was it just another monitor? Yeah, yeah, but it's like my—it was just my background, so it was just blue. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so, well, let's uh, speak of background. Um, yeah. Do you work in the industry? Yes. Um, currently, I, I'm a full-time employee for Valken Sports. Um, I've been working with Valken for about almost two years now. Um, before that, you know, I worked with key action sports, um, mostly focused on empire and just that brand. But pretty much ever since I got out of school, I've been working in, in the industry, um, mostly so I can just keep playing paintball and cause I love the sport and, yeah, you know, it, it's something that I really know well and have, have, it's been, you know, the majority of my life so just makes sense yeah is it uh the graphic design correct yeah so 
Um, I went to school for graphic design um, in Virginia mm-hmm. um, pretty much just as soon as I graduated from high school. Um, and I got my uh, graphic design degree. And the whole time I was playing paintball, <laughs> it's pretty, it was uh, definitely a, a big learning experience. You know, a lot of times you look back and you're like, did I really need to go to school for that degree? But <laughs> for me, um, it definitely helped me keep, stay focused because right. otherwise I would have just been focusing on paintball and just playing paintball. And, you know, a good prioritizer. It made me, yeah, it really made me sit down and focus on, on schoolwork and, you know, getting myself up, myself set up for something after paintball. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I think that's a huge thing is, you know, everybody, you know, everybody wants to come in and everybody wants, wants to learn how to go pro and, and this yeah. and that. And I think, I mean, I, I think going professional in a sport like paintball is, is such a 50, 50 shot. It's, it's a 50, 50% luck and 50% hard work and dedication on, on wanting to reach that goal. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't say that I had more desire and, and, uh, grind or anything like that than some of the teammates that I've played with over the years that didn't make it pro. Right. You know, right. it, it just so happened that certain things and certain people uh, were in the right place at the right time, and it kind of happened. So yeah. it's like you almost have to. A part of the whole working hard thing is is going to the opportunities. You know, it's it's right. you know you maybe moving to another you know another city uh, or yeah. or just somewhere that has more paintball to get noticed possibly mm-hmm. or to or to post more on. Uh, on social media, make a vlog or, or do this or do that. Mm-hmm. But you have to have these, not saying that you have to have a backup plan, but you have to be realistic at the same time. And yes. And I, and I think, yeah. I, I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger um, uh, speech and he was talking about, if you had a plan B, it means you're not giving enough into plan A. You don't believe in plan A enough. And I thought about that. And I was like, man, that's, that, that is so true, but it's, Man, for for how many have actually made it work? How many have have tried and failed? You know, and, and then gave up on top of that. It's, it's um yeah. But no, it's good yeah. to see. I mean, I mean, that's all I've known you is uh, has been a graphic designer just coming through and just uh, spitting out sweet shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the the whole you know not having a plan B or have you know focusing only on that one goal is um, something that I've thought about a lot just because, you know, I pretty much was told right away that if you wanted to play professional paintball, you were going to have to set yourself up elsewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. to continue that ju- continue that journey. Um, and it was actually Travis Lemansky who really put that kind of, planted that seed in my head and, and was like, you know, so what are your goals? You know, like, what do you want to do? And obviously at that time I was just like, I want to play paintball. Like this is what I love to do. And yeah, I would play every day if I could. And he said, that's great. But you know, a lot of people can't just play paintball. They can't, it's just not realistic. You can't just play paintball. So what else do you like to do? You know? And yeah. that's when I was, I was like, Oh, I like, you know, designing stuff and you know, I think that'd be really fun. And he's like, well, once you get out of school, once you get your design degree, you know, talk to me. And 
obviously the way things worked out for me, I was already pretty close with them because I was still playing paintball the whole time I was going through school. Mm-hmm. And it, it just made, you know, a lot of sense, you know, seeing how he does product development and he's in the sport as well. And he needs somebody who can help design things and, yeah. you know, build build the brand up and whatever. But he's good yeah, at being honest he, with you. He, he's he's oh, yeah. one of those dudes who he'll yeah. tell you he'll tell you how it is and yeah whether... no he's not gonna sh- yeah he's not gonna sugarcoat it and he's he's gonna you know he's a that's one thing about Travis he's always been you know pretty on point just with you know being a straight shooter and, and not really beating around the bush on on just life stuff too so yeah um I think it's hard to it's hard to tell kids nowadays to only have that one goal of being a professional paintball player and that's it um i mean yes you can do that and there are people in our sport who do just play paintball and that's what they do for a living but even those guys still you know have have a side hustles or other other you know avenues of income or just Mm -hmm. you know setting themselves up for after but yeah you can still do it and you know if you do if you're one of those guys it's that's pretty amazing yeah, and I, I mean, I always tell people and, and kids coming up, you know, you you have to learn how to do, you know, three basic things. You have to learn how to prioritize, you have to learn how to uh, manage your time, and you mm-hmm. have to learn how to have a really good work ethic. And I think mm-hmm. I think if you have those three things, um, no matter if you're trying to play paintball or if you're trying to go to school or you're doing all the other, other different things, if you learn how to prioritize your, and manage your time and you have a good work ethic, you're going to succeed in whatever you do. Um, yeah. Now, and then it's just really up to you on whether you want to put all of your time into playing paintball or all of your time into going to school and paintball is just kind of the side thing. And, and I think people have to be uh, realistic at uh, situations. You know, if, if, if you're in a situation that's not good, I mean, you have to realize that and you have to yeah. go, okay, well, this isn't working out. I have to, I have to, give myself an opportunity and then that's when right. you know you start making decisions on, on where you're living or what you're doing especially these young people coming up and playing the game um yeah and you know i want to talk to you about that too it's just how much the game has Definitely. changed yeah yeah i mean there's so many different uh areas to talk about on how the game has changed and i i started playing um was excessive your first was- one your first yeah. pro yes and I, and you obviously you were on the team yeah so that, sorry to interrupt i was just like like just no, came man, to me it, i'm like oh yeah nope i mean obviously that's one of the biggest biggest parts of of my paintball career was you know getting that opportunity and i i actually was thinking about it a lot just you know obviously knowing that i was going to do the podcast with you and you know going back and looking at some video and just trying to put myself back in that that tournament it was world cup you know oh five yeah it was oh five and um the it was the end of the season world cup and you know i i didn't even think i was going to be able to play pro that fast and actually have a chance you know like it it was such a it was a goal of mine to, to, to get there, but I just really didn't think it was going to be something that I was able to achieve that fast. Right. And the, the way that it, the way that it happened, um, was kind of like you mentioned earlier, right place, right time, uh, being 
you know, sticking to my guns and, and, and making sure that every chance I got, one of the pro guys would notice me on the field or talking to me off the field. You know, I wasn't ever one of those stuck up kids that thought they already knew it all. Mm. I was a sponge taking in everything that, you know, they, they would tell me. And then whenever I got the chance to play against them, I would, I would make sure they knew, knew me on the field. So, um, I had to happen to be in the right place at the right time with uh, Steve Rabikoff moving to the Virginia area with his son, Justin Rabikoff, who was a little bit older, older than me, but, you know, not by much. And we kind of became close friends. And I was already really into paintball, but it just helped me get over that, like, that little cusp of just playing for fun. I had a competitive edge that I guess, I don't know if, a lot of kids at that age have, um, mm-hmm. but it was a, a big snowball effect for sure. I mean, I ended up turning pro in my second season of playing tournament paintball. <laughs> which, <laughs> wow, I didn't know it was that cool. Well, you because you guys played yeah. on DC Devastation, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. and I didn't realize it was that that far into your quote unquote career mm-hmm. turning yeah. pro. That's crazy. Yeah, so I I started playing at Pevs, um, and that area was a a little hot spot, obviously for tournament paintball. And ten man was a big deal back then. Um, but it was it was a big deal in that area because we had um, a team called Justice, and mm-hmm. uh, they were like, you know, I would just watch them play and just study everything that they did, and. Um, my first tournament that I ever went to, I didn't even play. I just went and watched, and it was in it was at it was in Philadelphia, um, and I just went and just watched, and it was one of those moments where my mom was like, "You're just gonna go hang out with these like older dudes and watch paintball and <laughs> what you know?" So it was like, but you know, it was driving distance, and she uh, a couple of the kids were you know went to my school, and it it wasn't that. It wasn't like some, a bunch of strangers, but it was still yeah. kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. But that's kind of how my parents be- felt when I when I told them I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be going, I'm gonna be flying and going across country and staying in hotels with <laughs> a bunch of older guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like it 16. Was, uh, she was like, what are you doing? I mean, being a, a parent now, I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, right? That's that's a big big step there, but. I, I think she saw how like how much I loved the game and how mm-hmm. you know how focused I was on actually you know playing and competing and I wasn't really gonna you know stray away from that. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty quick. You know, I played a, a couple little local events that Rab was hosting and uh, like little three mans and stuff, and we were just you know demolishing people. Like they just mm-hmm. everybody thought that we were just cheating the whole time and. <laughs> How can these kids be so good, you know? But um, I remember the first time I, like, ever actually went out to play, I had an autococker, and um, I won, like, a three-on-one with an autococker against some of the tournament guys. And I remember that feeling and being like, this is really sweet. You know, like, I want to keep going with this and see where I can take it. But I was just like a, you know, a shop rat, paintball kid, watched as much paintball as I could was always trying to be at the field you got obsessed yeah literally obsessed 
And no, it wasn't a birthday party that really set me off, <laughs> but it, a birthday party was involved with some of my other friends, um, you know, that didn't end up going nearly as far as I did with the competitive side, but mm-hmm. um, it's it definitely spiraled from there, just playing with DC Devastation, and um, it was a great group of guys, um, a little bit older, some a little bit younger, and I think we had a good mix to uh, to kind of make the the jump from D3 to D1 mm-hmm. in one season, and then the team fell apart. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I got the that's where I got the opportunity to try to go try out for excessive, and made the team. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um... I couldn't make it to a lot of the practices too because I didn't know. I, I I remember hearing that we were picking up two new players, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Man, whatever, whatever we need, I'm I'm down for it." Yeah. Because I was I was at the time I think I was the the still kind of the youngest and the young gun on the team. Mm-hmm. And then you guys came on. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm not so young anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy because. Um, having some of those, you know, having John Richardson and Rab and Rusty and those guys, um, be around the Pevs area. Um, I got, I got the chance to play against, play against them when I was still playing divisional paintball. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I knew that I could do it. Um, and if you ask LaSoya, he always brings up the one time I bunkered him and he always says that it's the worst he's ever been bunkered. And at the time, I didn't even realize I I did anything that great. I just knew that I was, you know, playing as hard as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think having those guys around the area really helped kind of, you know, spark the interest to even try to do something like that. And then Rab being there really helped as well. But when he when Rab was like, you know, Justin's going to go try out for the team, I think you should go too. Um, I'm, I was like, okay, let's let's do it. I mean, apparently we're not having a team for cup. So what else am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing to lose. I, I, I bought my own ticket to the tryout and you know, I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? Um, I don't make the team. I mean, it's excessive. Uh, it's a huge team to even get the opportunity. So I, I can't even believe how fast it happened, but yeah, to this day, to this day, I mean, that was, that was the moment. Yeah, it was, uh, and, and that was a, it was an interesting tournament too, because I believe, if I'm thinking right, I think we took second to Dynasty. Yes, I remember it really well. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. it really well, because we've had some epic battles against Dynasty, and that was the first one, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, well, at least I've had some epic battles against Dynasty being on Infamous. Yeah. Um, but that tournament, I mean, one to to make the team, and then go to the tournament and actually have the opportunity to start and to play, actually play points. You know, I, it was like, is this really happening? Yeah, it was <laughs> such then, a great you know, era that, of paintball. It was. I mean, it, you had such a high level of paintball, but also at the same time, you know we were playing a lot of paintball and you had those chances where, you know, 
you were blowing teams out and you would just throw guys in. But then mm-hmm. we had a lot of close matches too. And I remember playing against Dynasty in the finals and it just being kind of surreal. Um, and I just, I, I always think back, I'm like, man, that would have been really nice to win my first pro event at World Cup against yeah. Dynasty. <laughs> yeah. So I wish I could have kind of could have had a couple points back there, but. Mm-hmm. It was a great experience. Yeah, there was, you know, there. I always hate hearing when people are like, "Oh, you know, players today, players today would blow blow teams from back then out of the water and this and that." I'm like, one reason that gets on my nerves is because it's two, it's two different times, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like like back then it was a teams. I mean, winning and being consistent and and just having a winning team. There's it, very simple ingredients, very simple ingredients, but very hard to very hard to obtain and maintain and um i think that goes throughout history and and throughout the different eras of of paintball but um i think the the technicalities of the game and the players themselves slowly get sharpened and i think we're we're now obviously we're now at the the most skillful and entertaining uh paintball I mean, maybe I don't even want to say entertaining because sometimes it's so technical. Yeah, it's fucking that's, what boring was, shit. that's what I was. Right, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> it is very, it is super, super technical, and it's because everybody. I mean, I think the athleticism has been upped a lot, um, and people also um, have perfected a lot of those techniques. And there's so many more resources for people to learn the techniques. Um, and then there's also. I mean, a lot of the pro teams have been the same dudes for a long time. So, mm-hmm. you know, they just, we've just been getting better and better. And the shot, like, you know, it is very technical is what I'm trying to get at. Right. And it's the little, little things. And, um, you know, I was going to bring up one thing that I heard you say, and it was, you know, a lot of it's luck. And I think there is a lot of luck, but there's also a lot of, a lot of skill that goes into getting that paint to hit exactly where you want at the right time, you oh, know? Yeah. And I don't know how it's, it's, I don't think it's luck, but I also think it's, it's just very technical. Right. I, I think a, I, I say luck because of the way that markers are set up now with, with ramping yeah. and everything like that. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier to put more paintballs in the air than it would be. Yep. Let's, let's say, you know, 15 balls a second, semi-auto or something like yep. that. So I, yep. I guess more, I mean, I lean more luck that way of where somebody can look this way and, and, and yep. like pull their trigger and be yelling and possibly hit a guy two, three times by, you know, 10.2 balls a second, pulling the trigger yeah. 5.2 balls a second. Um, yep. so I think that's what, that's what I meant, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. The amount of skills and the skill set that it, that is that we've come to, but I, I think my point was like, you know, dynasty of back then, and the and excessive that kind of rivalry and just hype and the vibe. Yeah. The, I I think that's the biggest thing, man. Back then, the yeah. vibe was oh my gosh, was undescribable. You know, you, you just you yeah. can't you couldn't. The people watching, the teams involved, the players involved, it was, there was just Mm -hmm. this, this buzz in the air. And now Mm -hmm. I feel like there is such a dull roar 
um, yeah. when things happen. I mean, there's there's few moments. I, I think there's it's it's hard to say too. I want to talk to you about this. Is like, do you think players? Do you think players back then or now are more creative at at trying to make moves? Um, because back then you had the freedom to be creative, or now because those windows of creativity are smaller, so when they do happen, it seems that much bigger than what it actually is. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that I get. I get what you're saying, and it's. I, I thought it was going to be an easy answer, and I thought I was going to say, you know, back then, yes, it seemed like players were more creative, but then the way that you described how the windows are a lot smaller and that creativity, um, when it does come out, it's some, it's in a different way, but mm-hmm. it is still creative. So it's trying to, trying to, you know, it's a different eras of paintball like we were just talking about. But yeah. I think, I think that, um, I want to, I want to lean more towards players more, were more creative back then just because, um, the, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Besides, you had to be creative because you hadn't seen everything. You know, like yeah. Nowadays, I mean, it, it's like you almost seen every. It's a repetition. Yeah. Yeah, and and like no matter what field layout they come up with, there's always like the same spots, the same same exact setup. But back then it was almost more it felt a little bit more more new and 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 organic weren't exactly sure every single time what was gonna happen mm-hmm. um but I mean I think you see the most creativity when you're watching you know ten man or um woods ball or you know a lot of uh mechanical events nowadays even even now you see players getting creative but it's almost like they're unsure about it because it's different. You know, it's mm-hmm. sitting out in the open in a spot and kind of feeling it out, whereas you don't really see that much anymore. So I do think that the creativity level has kind of, you know, dulled off a little bit just because of the repetition, the rate of fire, how easy it is to just get set in those certain certain those moves and mm-hmm. that's all you really have to have in your tool bag. Yeah, I think people are afraid to make mistakes too because, you know, because every, not that every, not that any point, you know, mattered back then, but because every point matters so much now, I feel like it's almost, man, I feel like it's almost frowned upon to, to feel your way out and find, find the moves and find the gaps when I I think a lot of people are, uh, and a lot of coaches and, and a lot of people now are still very much, you know, shoot your gun, shoot a bunch of paint, and shoot everybody in, and then move. Like, yeah, use your machine gun that you have, shoot all the paint on your back, and and then go move. Let let's yeah. sh- let's shoot a guy and then go make something happen. But it's like, man, for for me, what's fun is, and maybe it wasn't the best strategy. I I think I. I harp on myself about it, but at the same time, I feel like I, I wouldn't have played my game if I would have changed. If I'd have changed it, but like for me, what's fun is a challenge, and what's what's challenging to me is trying to get to the fifty or further while the other team still has five guys alive. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you're known for that. You're known for getting really far down the field, 
and you always had to be like, you know, where's Carl? Where's Carl at? Because, you know, one second you could be on the Dorito side, one second you could be on the snake side, or you could be flying down the middle. And uh, your speed allowed you to do that. Um, it wasn't just, you know, speed once you were able to get to a spot and, and keep going. It was on the brake um, and have the ability to find that window and then hit the, hit the gas and go. So you always had to be on your toes. But, yeah, I mean – that's what was fun for you. And, and that's why, you know, you love playing or you love playing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got to be careful there because apparently you're not playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I believe that, but yeah, you know. I know there's so many people that tell me like, you're going to be back. I was like, I don't know, dude, I have, I have two, <laughs> two like beautiful kids that I want to spend as much time with. And I, I, I will for sure be on a paintball field, but it's, uh, man, just, thinking about it it's like i do i miss it man you know yeah it's 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 a part of me yeah it is and it's crazy to think about how you know i'm 30 years old now and i've been playing paintball half my life jeez you're old as fuck how old are you (laughs) 33 (laughs) (laughs) yep yep yeah i mean same thing same thing years young man years young yeah exactly but um no i mean just I was the same way when I first started. I just wanted to get down the field and shoot as many guys as I could. And Mm. and to me, that was fun. But I also started to wanted to challenge myself just mentally, I think. Yeah. And explore other parts of the game that were difficult. And I started taking on more of that communicator role, uh, the being super consistent and, you know, you can always rely on me to to be alive or be in that spot that really sucks but you know you know I can fight it out or uh be gun dominant and and put that guy in for the front guy yeah you know and and having that front player foundation is what really helped me as kind of like the support guy but then at the same time, I'm always ready to get going down the field because it kind of gets boring back there. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and your so. your structure, your body structure, and your 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 height and everything is just set up for a front player. But I think it's it's yeah. very it's very cool that you you t- you take on that challenge of being somebody that can be so reliable and dependent. Yeah, and you know it might have also been the fact that I did kind of make my way into the pro scene really fast and the teams that I I was on always had a lot of you know a lot of weapons you know I got I got on a the first pro team I got on had you Thomas Taylor I mean those are you guys are killer front guys so now I'm competing to play front spots with you and with Thomas but then I also know that I can do the other things too mm-hmm. so why not let me why not let me help the front guy out and then go fill his spot once you do the damage and then I can, you know, come in and put the noose on. So, yeah. and showing that you're multidimensional was, is, is huge too, because you're now you're, you're a great asset because you have the, those different skill sets. Yeah. Yeah. And I think nowadays you see a lot, I mean, pretty much every player on a, on a professional team at least has to be able to play all areas of the field. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, you know, Back in when Ten Man was the main the main game, you had set back guys, set front guys, and then you had the mid dudes. But you had those set back guys. Yeah. You know they had to shoot guys on the break, otherwise they weren't going to be on the field. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or they had to stay alive and communicate. Otherwise, what are you doing back there? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Back to the creativity side of things, I think seeing 10 man kind of get going again and, and mechanical paintball. Um, I got to play the mechanical event in Chicago, Mm -hmm. uh, last year and I had a ton of fun. I haven't played a mechanical event. I don't think, you know, I can't even remember honestly. So being able to play a mechanical event with 10 dudes, it was so much fun and you got to really get creative and fight, um, try different things. And, you know, it's not five man and it's one, one match and everything's on the line for that one match. And it was a lot of fun. And I think, you know, I'm glad to see other areas of the game making a comeback. Isn't that the one where Thomas, uh, I, I didn't play that game. (laughs) I remember looking, I was on the, I was on the other field looking through the net and I was like, Yep. What's going on? Oh, that happened. Oh, oh, yeah, I see why Thomas is mad. <laughs> it was kind of a perfect storm, but Thomas <laughs> made it. It's blue. Everybody blames Thomas, but I mean, no, it was. Be, I mean, to be completely honest, like the dude ran on the field and was shooting at us, and we had ten dudes alive. Um, and if you're running at us with your gun up, we're gonna shoot back at you. Yeah. I mean. We all shot at that guy, and it's mechanical. If you know Thomas, he shoots like two balls a second with a mechanical gun. <laughs> so, and if that's even if he hits his own, if he hits the target, you yeah. know what I mean? So, I don't, you know, it looked really bad. Like, Thomas was just maliciously trying to hurt this guy, and it really it was just a big shoving match that escalated, and it didn't need to come yeah. to that. No, there was, a dead, there was a dead man walk. There was a dead man walk that happened. And everything got flipped upside down, and yep. yeah, it was yeah. I mean, it, you can't really do a dead man's walk when you don't have dead boxes and you don't have armbands. Um, and if there's players standing around, uh, you're just assuming that they're dead. You know, I guess so, it'd be a good reason to get armbands now. There probably should be. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, or at least make people leave the field. I wish I had one of those old NPL, NPPL armbands. I miss those things. You remember those? Yeah. Was, was it like the neoprene one? Yeah, like the neoprene ones. There was like a, a blue yeah. one or a red one. I always, I remember, um, I always had this ritual where the the ref put it on, but I made him put it on really high into my armpit for some mm, reason, like okay. way up here. So Just it wasn't up there. Well, what would happen is, it, is sometimes they would they would either put it on loose or they would put it on right at my bicep. And whenever I would pull up shooting left-handed, it would come yeah. loose. And we all know if your armband comes off, you're fucked because yep. they call you out. Yeah, so you're I was dead. Like, I don't dead. want any of that shit. It was so dramatic, too, when they would rip those armbands off of you. Like, <laughs> oh, you're dead. You can't yeah. shoot anymore. You know, so it was so dramatic. But, it was I mean, such a good visual, the, though. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's part of the game, and yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They they don't really. Uh, they're not exactly as common nowadays, and definitely didn't have them at that event. But I mean, yeah, all yeah. in all, we're all in all the. We ended up getting kicked out of the tournament for that, which really sucked because we really? were just having fun. It was it was a ton of yeah, we did. I didn't even I mean, realize that. We didn't. 
we didn't technically get kicked out. It was more so we had like some penalties thrown against us that didn't allow us to move on, even though we were undefeated. So. Oh really? I always but, hear the shit that happens, it, but I don't hear like what happens yeah, after was, the shit. It was it was dumb. I mean, nobody got hurt, um, and it should have just been squashed. But yeah, who knows what really you know happened and why we got kicked out? But it's funny because you know thinking about that and then thinking about that World Cup event, um, we ended up getting in a shooting altercation shoving match with rage and <laughs> yeah nothing happened you know yeah dude, that then. was that was good man we had a so, good match against them a good match against about the differences nowadays mm-hmm. yeah what's that it well, we had a good match i was saying we had a good match back then against the uh rage against naughty dogs against yeah. um dynasty there there were some good matches back then um there was there was something i remember you, you said that uh, you kind of realized when you did a three-on-one and you had an autococker against some of the tournament mm-hmm. players. You kind of realized at that point where you were like, "Man, this is this is fun. Like, this is something I want to dive deeper into." And um, mm-hmm. I think I I felt that when I learned how to dive. Mm. When I learned how to dive and I didn't hurt myself and it felt fluid <laughs> and like. Mo- and I, I was like almost gaining momentum whenever I dove. Like I was mm-hmm. like, it just it, f- you you kind of flowed right into the next move, and to where yeah. like when you started, when I started to not think about diving, but started to think about the next step after that, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm gaining even so- like that has nothing to do with like mentality gameplay or anything like that. It's just, it's pure athleticism. Um, the next mm-hmm. step. And I was like, okay, this is, I'm, this is the next step yeah. in what I'm doing. And when I started doing that, I was like, man, this is, this is really fun. Like I'm going somewhere with this when I have put this much attention into learning how to not fuck myself up and, uh, yeah. and play. How bad did you, how bad did you uh, eat it? Did you ever just destroy a gun? I uh, I didn't. I did never destroyed a gun because back then when I was learning how to dive, I was learning how to do it with a Tipman ninety eight. So that thing was about yeah. twenty pounds, and so I had to learn how to keep that thing up off the ground. Yeah. Um, yep. but I I blew up my knee one time, and I had I had like uh, water on my knee and everything, and it's just like you you learn really quickly especially I, I started learning how to play at toledo indoor and that place was dirt on top of laminate floor yeah. and the paint turned the dirt into concrete and you learn very quickly like where to dive and how to dive or else you're just gonna oh, fuck yeah. yourself up and it was yep. it was not pretty but i mean everybody goes through their gauntlet and um yeah <laughs> makes it work yeah for sure i definitely blew up um a gun that so I had an auto cocker for a little bit and then I once I decided I wanted to get into tournament paintball mm-hmm. I um bought a Lasoya Intimidator. Ooh, nice nice choice. All black, looked nice, was like I just loved the way that gun looked. It was super clean. Um but I was actually showing someone how to dive and <sighs> 
it was kind of like a like mulch almost because it was muddy in the area. Mm-hmm. And I had done the dive like ten times, trying to show them how to do it and keep the barrel up and everything. And on the last one, I was like, "Yeah, I'll do one more." Okay, fine. And like <laughs> something like happened, more. and I barely touched, barely got uh, the barrel in the dirt, and just tanked the crap out of myself. Mm-hmm. So hard that it just stripped the tank out of the grip frame and the feed neck clamp stripped out too. So I had this beautiful gun that had now stripped out the feed neck and the ASA and couldn't use it anymore. I had to get all new parts and everything, but it was definitely, it hurt really bad. I thought it like broke my neck, Mm -hmm. but um, I was more devastated about the gun for sure. I've had more fuck-ups. I've had more fuck-ups later in my career than I did earlier in my career. There was there was one tournament where I blew a tank off my uh off my uh, my marker where I I dove in and it hit in a weird way and the reg split in two and my tank went flying ahead of me and I had to go get Oof. it and play the rest of the point with it in this hand and I'm playing yep. it with this hand. Then yeah. I had one uh, I, I, like last year or the year before where I'm like diving kind of hip sliding into a spot and I had my gun too low and my barrel caught and like came up here and I had to like catch my catch it at the loader yep. and like, yep. like tackled yep. it in and there's, yeah. it's funny because there's some guys that like Thomas for example he's one of those dudes that you're like you might as well just go there with nothing in your loader because <laughs> yeah you're either going to lose it all or you're going to break something in there. Who do you think is the ugliest diver? He's so aggressive. Thomas? Ugliest diver. Yeah. Do you think it's Thomas? Oh, I think, I think he has a, he's pretty up there. (laughs) Pretty up there for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, there's, there's some guys who are just so graceful. Um, I would definitely have to put Thomas up there. Yeah. Thinking about it. But then, yeah, it's gonna come to me. It's gonna come to me. I think there's there's definitely some bad divers, but I don't remember actually. I remember learning how to like you know kind of hip slide and and pop slide mm-hmm. um, from Rab, just running us into the ground, making us work out basically. And he would always do this um, this thing with us in the mornings, like a warm up which wasn't a warm-up. It was meant to kill you. Yeah. Um, where you were going to be running or doing sprints or something until until someone threw up. Oh, jeez. And, and it was specifically because, you know, paintball players like to go out and they would, you know, drink too much and then show up to practice hungover. And, yeah. it, and his mindset was, if you want to do that, you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I never really was one of those, one of those people, yeah. but – I got to witness a lot of people just dying, but I think just out of the sheer like amount of repetitions that we would do, it just kind of naturally came to me. Yeah. And thankfully it did because I think having a good foundation and learning how to like, you know, just smoothly go into a spot, you're going to save your body and you're going to be able to play a lot longer. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh... I'm trying to, I was like thinking of different dives and, and different people that came up. And so like Bobby Avilas to me will always be the, uh, the bungee oh. grabber. 
Oh yes. He's <laughs> he's always the guy that you think that you shot, and he's like flailing out of the way. But that's just mm-hmm. like how he moves when he's he's con- he's just all over the place. Guns whipping back and forth, and you're just like, did I shoot you? Did I bounce you? Yep. What happened there? He'll you know, dive. But- Overslide, grab the bu- grab, grab the, the bungee, bungee. <laughs> yep. come back in. Oliver mm-hmm. and uh, Oliver and Fedorov mm-hmm. was the uh, with the the leap, the leap dive into yep. the corner. Yep. I don't know which one did it first. I thought I thought uh-huh. both were to me as a player looking at it. I'm like, and I heard why they were doing it. They're like, uh, yeah, they 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 do that because they're jumping over a lane. Like first off, I'm like. Like okay, no. whatever. But I I guarantee you, they're if they think they're jumping over a lane, I think that's completely stupid. And two, I'm I'm waiting for somebody to just eat a tank when they come down. Oh, yeah. I don't care how athletic you are, you will you will get close to eating a tank. You know how you know how many divisional kids have probably seriously injured their back trying to do that because of them, absolutely <laughs> because of them. Well, it looks really cool, you know. It looks really cool until you eat it. Yeah. <laughs> why would you want it? Why would you want to? Sh- yeah, I understand you could do that, but like I've done some weird shit through my career of trying to like jumping over bunkers and stuff like that. But I mean, I guess I, I have no room to talk. I guess yeah, I, I jumped over some bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to jump over any bunkers. I can promise you that. Uh, um, but. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I've, I've tried to avoid lanes going into bunkers and you regret it immediately sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, thankfully I haven't had it too bad where, you know, I've, I've, I haven't seriously injured myself, you know, aside from some scrapes and bruises and, uh, but nothing, nothing major knock on wood. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not at the event and neither, well, Nate's going to be at the event, but, mm-hmm. uh, he can't play cause he dislocated his shoulder in Dallas last year, which Jeez. Oh, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people got hurt at that event just on the, the playing conditions were really bad, but yeah, he ended up like kind of tweaking his shoulder again, um, during the off season, ironically, like pushing down on a fill station and slipped. And it oh. kind of like popped his shoulder out again, um, and he had to have surgery. And foot he said he's recovering stations. really fast. <laughs> we need foot yeah, pedal fill I mean, stations. But that's another injury that, yeah, foot pedal or yeah, knee operated, like idea. where you lean up against it, like hip operated maybe or something, or like mm-hmm. a knee, like mm-hmm. well, one one uh, safety. You can have one hand on the hose and one hand on your gun. That way you can fill mm-hmm. up and you can load by leaning into it or something like that or, mm-hmm. or stepping on it or whatever. And two, it would just make it a lot easier. Yep. I feel. Yep. Yeah. I will admit that pretty much every time I fill my tank, I'm like, I hope this doesn't blow up. <laughs> I feel it like this. I'm like, I'm all like, right, I got it. Maybe. Yeah, as far away as possible or give it to a teammate. It's dude, it's so dangerous too. You know, for as long as I can remember, I feel like it's been so dangerous in the pro chrono area. Like that yeah. has not changed. It's been it's been a, a a 8 inch or 6 inch PVC pipe that you shoot into over a chrono. Nobody ever wears their goggles and it's just like a fucking free for all 
in there Mm -hmm. and i feel like it can be the logistics of it can be redesigned and reconfigured to where it's like safe another thing i'm not trying to go on a bitching rant about the nxl i'm just trying to like think of things where like (laughs) why didn't they change this stuff like um having having two refs with chronos Mm -hmm. as you exit the uh exit the the netting and i think half if not 85 percent of the time the reason why guys are late to the uh to the box are because if you're the fifth fucking dude in line getting chronoed and and the and the guy ahead of you or even the guy uh the second guy chronoing if they have to chrono again that's another five yeah. to ten seconds off yep. the fucking clock that you're like yep all right I, I can only be the fifth guy unless i'm in the net ready to go out yeah. they should have had two guys out there with chronos would made it a fuck ton easier yeah. it is a it is hard to, you know, obviously there's a lot going on there and different, you know, the more people you have, the better, the more reps you have, the better. But yeah. um, one thing that always kind of bugged me was I would chrono in the uh, staging area and then the chrono on the field would be different. Mm. And it, I think, you know, it could be as, as simple as batteries dying, you know, uh, and just... I think it has to do with more so just the batteries and the device. One's being used a lot more than the other, and then you're like, you know, you set your gun up in the in the in the staging area, and then you go out on the field, and it's not correct. And you're like, I literally didn't do anything. <laughs> I just went from there to here. Yeah. And now I ha- now I'm now I'm running late and sprinting to the box. Yeah. I'm shooting. So ten, I'm shooting ten over. Me, I was shooting ten under. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I swear I'm not trying to cheat, but um. I rolled that line though. I wrote that. I was. Yeah. I would. I would get my marker, shooting, to where it was like, two ninety eight, two ninety eight consistently. Oh, yeah. And it, it all depends because it's like you want that leeway, but like it depends yeah. on what time of the day. If it's in the morning, you can get away with it, um, mm-hmm. because it's cooler in the afternoon. You kind of mm-hmm. have to. If it's cooler, I go two ninety five, two ninety four, but in the mornings I try and go like average it out at two ninety eight. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I just I like mine as high as I can get it. Mm-hmm. As good as paint as is, it's still inconsistent. Yeah, it is, and it it can be as as simple as having uh, your paint out a little bit too early, grabbing it out of a fresh bag versus a pod, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But barrel dirty. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different factors, but you know, being one of those the one of the guys that has to shoot on the break. Um, I just want my gun to be as consistent as possible. I mean, I would even take, you know, as long as it's consistent mm-hmm. and it's, you know, that those first three balls are going to be in the exact same spot that I'm expecting them to be in. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know where we are going with that. I don't know. Either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, about what, what keeps you going? Like what uh, you, you have, you have two, two kids now. Um, mm-hmm and um beautiful family what keeps mm-hmm. you what keeps you playing paintball and uh i mean what what kind of support do you get from from your family well first first off i mean the support from my family is is the number one reason why i'm still able to compete um i'm not you know on a salary just playing paintball so it's not um, a necessity 
mm-hmm. for the family. Um, it's one of those things where uh, my wife knows that I, I love to compete and play paintball at the highest level, and it's something that I'm really good at. And it's one of those situations where she knows that um, I love the game and she likes watching me play and knows that I, I'm giving everything I have when I'm playing. And, um, you know, my oldest son is seven years old now and he loves it too. He just, he, he's obsessed with it too. It's one of those slippery slopes where he could, he could probably be playing right now mm-hmm. <laughs> if I really pushed him to, um, but I kind of want him to play other sports first and then he can play paintball once, um, you know, he's a little bit older and, and ready to get out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, the support from the family has always been amazing. I mean, obviously, having kids, it's it's we've been tested at times, but um, working in the industry really helps. Uh, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't work in the industry and and have the support from the family, it would it wouldn't be possible. Yeah, you know. So, um, I've been playing for over half my life now, so. Um, it's something that's just kind of in my DNA and I could go a couple weeks without playing and then get back out on the field. And it's like, you know, man, I really needed that. You know what I mean? Like I really needed to get out here. It's almost therapeutic in a way. Uh, and like I said, I've been playing for half over half my life now. So it's like, I have to be out on the field and something about just being out there and kind of checking out from, from any other distractions going on um it's it's just so much fun to play and and no matter what no matter what you're doing out there it's going to be a good time you know i mean even if you're getting curb stomped by a team you know at least you're you know breaking a sweat and focusing on small goals to achieve one goal you Mm -hmm. know so um i think aside from just loving to compete and and playing at that high level it's showing you know my son that you can you can play and uh aspire to be whatever you want and if it's playing paintball that's great and if it's doing something else that's fine too but um really it's just a love for the game yeah yeah i think uh being in the situation situation we are i think it's good to have a good balance right you know having that having that out of being able to go play this game that we love and that we that we've competed at for so long uh, and that obviously means something to us but i i i have always needed that kind of grounding of of coming back home and and kind of realizing what I do have at home. And, it, I mean, that's a lot of what the decision of why um, I retired. Because I felt like I've been I've been so selfish for so long. Putting so much time and effort into this thing. And now I have yeah. I have these other entities that are like, hey, man, we're, we want that attention. You know, we want that attention yeah. too. And, I, you know, it's, I've kind of turned it around. And, you know, these I haven't done a podcast in like over a month. And mm-hmm. like even even with like with social media, like I, I've hardly posted anything, or and and it, it kind of really made me like step back and be like, man, there's so much more that is important to me 
than mm-hmm. than what I have thought. Well, than what I thought, uh, and right, not saying right, that right. paintball, you know, paintball is bad and this and that, and and uh, I need to get my priorities. Like nothing like that. It's just like as you go through life and you go through these chapters, um, this ne- this chapter for me, this 2019 year, this this chapter for me has just really been like, man, you need to focus on things that 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 really really matter to you. And do mm-hmm. you see yourself? Where do you see yourself in paintball th- this yeah. year, next year, right. in five years? And yep. the the physical side of it, the the political side of it, the just everything just didn't add up. And I'm yeah. like, man, I just I I, I wanna well, I wanna show that time and dedication to to the ones at home. Right, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't agree more, and and I don't have. I don't have, I don't know how much longer I have playing at the highest level like this, where it is, you know, a lot of time away from the family. Um, and I think, you know, getting, keeping the family involved as much as possible really helps to make them feel like they're a part of everything going on. Not just like, Oh, you know, dad's leaving for the weekend, you know, I guess, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be on the webcast and they can watch us play and, yeah. and everything like that so um you know it, obviously you know i'm not at the event and i didn't go to world cup um because my wife all, all of a sudden had a lot of like health issues going on mm-hmm. and one of the one of those issues was um her heart rate would be really elevated when she's you know just just resting not doing anything so it was really scary because um you know if something's wrong with your heart obviously it it's a do yeah. or die situation. So Is this after she had the really, baby. Yeah, yeah, it was months after she had the baby. Hmm. But um, it really kind of hit a T right before World Cup, and she had to have an emergency surgery. Oh, so I couldn't go to the event. Yeah, and um, that was um the first time that I had missed a World Cup. I mean, I've missed events, you know, obviously you know, for my kids and stuff, but that was the first world cup event I missed. And it didn't really matter because I knew that it was for her and for, for the family. And like you, like you said, being an athlete and competing at the highest level like this, you do have to be selfish and you have to be worried about yourself competing at that high level because nobody else is going to worry about it besides you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, yeah, you instantly have that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so selfish leaving and going to play this game without them. So that part of it does hit home a lot. Um, as long as, as long as they support you, that's Mm -hmm. pretty much the only way to, to get past that. And there's definitely been conversations where I was like, maybe I should just not play anymore. And my wife is the one that's like, no, you need to play. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, I think you should play and I would love, I would hate it if you stopped playing just because of this or because of that. Like, obviously I, if it wasn't for her support, I wouldn't be able to do it. And yeah, um, that's cool that she supports you like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, she's one of a kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but now I'm, I'm home and she's not doing, she's doing better. 
but it's still one of those things where it was like it's just not worth the risk um leaving the family and just being away for you know four or five days and it was kind of one of those moments where it's like you know what am i really leaving for Mm -hmm. uh and i think the same reasons why i would leave to go compete are still going to be the same reasons in a you know a few months for the next tournament yeah and Paintball you know, I know there. you, yeah, and I know that you could suit up right now and go play at the highest level, and you know you might feel rusty or whatever if you're not practicing, but you still know that where you need to be for yourself mm-hmm. um, to compete. And I think I'm still at that level, no matter no matter if it's one week that I take off or two weeks. I know where I need to be once I get on the field, and. It, it's like a switch is kind of flipped, you know, like it's game time. And, um, you know, as, as long as you're able to physically handle it, then, then you're good. But, um, it's, it's been weird. Definitely not missing two events in a row and it taking such a long time off from playing tournament paintball. Yeah. Um, but it's for the right reasons. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, I hate to cut it short, but speaking of family, my wife, texted me and she's like hey the second child is awake and uh Uh-oh. you need to <laughs> you need the father Uh-oh. up so you better go dude i i i can't thank you enough um for for chatting with me and kind of helping me get back on the uh on the you know on the road of uh, getting these yeah. podcasts going and, and and i'm i'm so glad i got to talk to you too because i know you're you're a you're a family dude and um you have a lot of support and love in the family and i just wanted to chat about that and i i I thank you man yeah no problem let's do it again absolutely where can people find you um and what are all of your uh your social media tags what was that where can uh where can people find you and what are all of your social media tags yeah just kevin rudolph on instagram and facebook um pretty much all over wherever you uh whatever your uh, social media choices sweet well thank you man and uh good luck and i wish you and yours the best and uh have a good 2019 season brother appreciate it see you take care later thank you so much kevin for sitting down and chatting uh had a great time bud and uh, i wish you the best of luck uh with your family and with the team this year and can't wait to see you back on the field bud uh, this podcast is brought to you. A big thank you goes to uh, Charm City Paintball. Mike over there is uh, killing it with the head game, headbands, head wraps. Um, he's also doing another run of the pack bands. So make sure you hit him up. Get some custom work done. Get some of the stuff he has pre-made already. It's it's all amazing work. Uh, Mike, you you have been killing it in the head game, son. It's been amazing to uh, to be able to kind of partner up with you during this whole thing. And, uh, you know, he's a great guy, and he has amazing products. So make sure you check him out, Charm City Paintball, on Facebook and Instagram. Again, guys, if you want to help the podcast live, please head over to patreon.com slash podcast and, uh, and sign up, subscribe, um, you know, donate what you can. It's It all goes to a great cause on, on keeping this thing going and keeping it alive. So I, I greatly you know appreciate anything uh even you guys just listening period it's it's 
amazing to be able to uh, to hear these stories and and really hear everybody out there. You know, people comment on it, and and it's it's cool to hear the different perspectives uh, from everybody and the different comments and, and opinions and everything. So I enjoy doing it thoroughly. Thank you everybody much. Thank you everybody so much for listening. Um, I. I can't wait to keep this going. It's it's awesome. And here is to the 2019 season. It's going to be a very, very interesting one. Uh, I just saw everything that went down to uh, Impact takes Las Vegas. There are some close matches there. It's going to be a heated one, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hot one. So tune in. Uh, thank you, everyone, again so much. Please do not text and drive. Keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts, especially this one. And uh, we will see you all again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.